0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. It's good to see all of you here. Hey, can we thank God for this weather? Like, for real. (laughs) A little over 100 years ago, a local doctor named Asa Brown had a desire burning in his heart to see a church rise up and spring up in Wells County in Bluffton, Indiana. One that would commit itself to living out a restored version of the early church. A church that wouldn't be named by some uh, label, such as Methodist or Presbyterian or Baptist or any other denomination, but a church that would be unified around this one idea, that we are Christians who worship Christ. What began as a vision of one local doctor began to spread and eventually a small group of people were ready to take the step, to make the sacrifice, to become a church that would be unified. It all began, it became official at the end of a four-week-long tent meeting in July of 1921 where this kind of sign uh, was huge outside of this big tent where, I don't know, ROM, And Simmons, they were there. Uh, They are not here right now. Uh, So you're stuck with me. So over the last hundred years, a lot of great work has been done. This community has seen that we are sent, who are willing to make sacrifices of their time, their resources, all in an effort to spread the good news of Jesus here in Wells County and throughout the world. Over the last hundred years, First Church of Christ has had ups and it's had some downs too. There were times when the the church needed other churches and parachurch organizations to help support them as they became independent. There's been lots of ups. There's been leaps of faith that were taken to acquire property when the church had no money. But people said, God's calling us to this. Let's take a step. See, God has used hundreds of people to teach the word of God to their peers Hundreds of people to teach them to the next generation. All of us. There we go. Hey, we're outside, folks. It's good. We've used hundreds of people over the years to teach Scripture to people, to lift up the name of Jesus in this community and beyond. Business people have been equipped to to share Jesus at work. Parents have been equipped to share Jesus at their home. And friends, we are all sitting in the sacrifice of people who came before us, people who saw that they were sent here in Bluffton and in Wells County to make a difference. Generation after generation has been called upon to surrender to Jesus. Today we gather to thank God for where we have been, what he's done over the last hundred years throughout his church and through his church that we are part of. Today we gather to thank God for the sacrifice of those who have come before us, the time, the talents, the gifts, the resources given, and the people, the people, many of our family members who have come before us, we thank them that over the last century, they've said yes to Jesus each and every week, each and every day, but we also must see ourselves in this story because God's not done writing his story in First Church of Christ because friends, his church is alive and well. It's alive and well, and here we are today. So where are we in this story that he's writing that has been going on for over a 100 years? The question that we often ask ourselves is, what will people say about us 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now? What will people say? What will they think about us, not, not the people who came before us, but us right here? What will people say? Will we be a part of what makes this community a great place to to live in? Are we going to be a part of of making this community know that, hey, when they think of First Church of Christ in Bluffton, they know that we are for the people in Wells County and we are for the world. The the decision, it all comes down to us. Are we willing to make the sacrifices? Are we willing to see that we are sent by God on a mission to be witnesses of the life change that can be found in Jesus Christ? What will people say about us 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now? That's, that's a question that we all have to wrestle with. Here's, here's what I know about each and every one of us who are here. If you follow Jesus, this is what I know about you. That you desire to make a difference in people's lives in the name of Jesus, right? But a lot of times uh, the, the, the trouble comes when we just don't know what that looks like. Because if we'd all just be be willing to be really honest, sometimes it's hard enough to just like function in our daily lives and just make sure that we are following Jesus, right? (laughs) Let alone helping someone else. And so over the course of a few moments, and I've given myself like 20 minutes, y'all. So so we're not going to be here all day because we've got some party to happen. But what I want to do is give us a roadmap because I believe God's given us a roadmap to where he wants to take us in the future. Okay, so if you have a Bible, hopefully you brought a Bible or a way to access the scriptures on your smartphone, John chapter 17 is where we're going to be. John 17. And Jesus in this passage is praying right before he's going to be arrested and beaten and crucified and eventually rise to life again, defeating death. He's praying that the people who would follow him in the future and in the present, that they would be unified, that they would be one. And we're going to see this prayer, and I think God has a, a lesson for each and every one of us who, who claim to be followers of Jesus. So John 17, this is what Jesus says to the Father in verse 9. In verse nine he says this, I pray for them. Who, who is he praying for, church? He's praying for the followers of Jesus then and now. You and me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those who you have given me. Because they are yours. Everything I have is yours and everything you have is mine. And I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me. So that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you have given me. I guarded them and not one of them is lost except the son of destruction so that the scripture may be fulfilled. Now I am coming to you, Father, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy completed in them. I have have given them your word. The word The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Here it is. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. So in this church, what does he pray for? He prays that we would all be unified. And don't we need that in this day and time when a divided world, when a world is divided, a country's divided, our own city has, has experienced division, right? Doesn't the divided world, doesn't it need a unified church? It does. It needs us to be one. And that's what Jesus's prayer was for because he knows the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the ways he does that is by creating division within God's church, within God's family. And so Jesus prays that we would be one. He also, he prays that they would be, that we would be guarded by the, from the evil one. Because he's going to come and he's going to try and take us out. Each one of us. He wants us to be protected. He wants us to have, this is so cool. He asked Jesus, or he asked the Father to, for us to have Jesus' joy complete in us. Jesus lived with joy. He wants us to live with joy. And I believe one of the ways that we live out that joy is seeing that we are people on mission, given a mission by God, sent by God into this world to make a difference. Think about your own story. When did you start following Jesus? Who was instrumental in that story? When someone says, hey, who, who, who helped you come along for the ride of following Jesus? Who do you point to? Who do you think about? It may be one person. It may be a, a, a string of people. What if, what if you could be a person in someone else's story? And that, that's what Jesus was all about. What did, what did he do? He came proclaiming a message that the kingdom of heaven is here. This is what he said in Matthew four seventeen. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near." Church, we are a people with a king, a king who is stable, a king who is good, a king who is always going to take the first step in in going where he needs to go. In going into battle, Jesus is always going to be the first one. And he has called us, his kingdom people, to follow him into daily life. And let's make no mistake, daily life is filled with battles. Battles for whether or not we're going to decide we're going to surrender to Jesus in this moment. Whether or not we're going to have the courage to go and share our story with someone else. How many times have we said no to the Holy Spirit's prompting to go and and share just an encouraging word with someone that we didn't know? God's wanting us to take a step of faith so that his church can thrive in this day and in beyond. Because church, uh, the idea of my personal relationship with Jesus, that's nowhere in the Bible. That that wording, that's nowhere. You can't find it. But what God has invited us to is to surrender to him, to have a relationship with him, but to surrender to him and be obedient to him and to follow him. And he's called us to be his people who are on a mission. When Sarah and I moved to Cincinnati to go to Bible college, uh, the Cincinnati Christian University, they had this uh, expectation for us that when we became students at their school, that we would go out, this was mandatory, that we would go out and serve the community in some kind of organization and, and use our gifts to, to bless people in Cincinnati. And so Sarah and I started uh, serving in a ministry called City Gospel Mission, and they had a ministry called Kids that would go into different uh, areas, different neighborhoods in the inner city of Cincinnati And the program was this, that you would go in and you'd go to these different places and your responsibility, you were paired with one other kid who was behind in their reading comprehension. And and those of you who who are teachers, a lot of us know that a lot of times when kids struggle, not all the time, but a lot of times when kids struggle in school, it's because they also have some struggles in their home life. And so we as WizKids volunteers could go and we could not only help them read better, and go through books and help them with that, but we could also share our our lives with them, share our stories, share Jesus with them. And and we knew as, as, as students, we knew it was required of us that we would be sent into the city to make a difference in the name of Jesus. My friends, we all, as Jesus followers, if you claim to be that, you have a mission, and you are sent into this world, Jesus just said it. He's sent us into the world just as the Father sent him into the world. Maybe there have been times that you've been sent. Maybe, maybe uh, when you were in school, you had to do some volunteer work like that. Or maybe as a part of your job, you had to do some community service projects. Maybe, maybe you had to go and serve in some volunteer organization. Or maybe your, your, your workplace sent you on a leadership uh, program so that you could learn some new skills or went to a conference. And you knew that you were sent and you were, somebody's going to ask you, hey, how did it go? How did it go? And you knew that you were sent. Maybe, maybe for the, some of you who have served in the military, you went to a far-off place to, to live out a mission in that place. You, you knew you were sent. You knew that you were on a mission. Some of us, we've lost sight of the fact that every single day we are alive. We have been sent by the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the whole universe on a mission to make a difference. Not just in someone's daily life, that counts, but also in, the, in their eternity, where we're willing to just step out in faith that God's going to be with us on the mission He's sent us on. So the question is, are you willing to say yes to the command of your king? Are you willing to say yes? Church, we've, we've been able to celebrate a hundred years as a church, and we wouldn't have got to a hundred years if there hadn't been a thousand times Thousands of people have said yes to Jesus in this community. We wouldn't have been here. We wouldn't have got to this moment. And so what will people say about you 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now? What will people say about us as a church? Church, in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said this to the disciples right before he ascended into heaven, onto the throne room, at the right hand of the throne of God. Acts 1-8, this is what he says. But you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He, he said this on the heels of them asking, Hey, Jesus, when are you going to bring your kingdom when are you going to usher in heaven coming down to earth? When are you going to right every wrong? When are you going to get rid of these Romans? When are you going to make every pain go away? When are you going to make all the tears go away? All the sickness, all the disease. They were waiting. They were wanting him to do it right then and there. That's what they expected the whole time. And then Jesus tells them, hey, I want you to understand something. My kingdom has come and it's here. It's going to come in its fullness one day. But you, you will be my witnesses of the fact that the king has come. In the ancient world, the, the, a new king was big, a big deal, obviously. And they would have heralds, people who would carry a, a message to the, the, the different cities and towns in their jurisdiction. And they would go out and say, hey, there's a new king. When someone would be conquered, they would go out and say, hey, there's a new king. Caesar is Lord. That's what the Romans would say to the Jews when they conquered them. But in the same way, Jesus has said, I'm the king, I'm the real king, and you, you are all, me, you are all heralds of the message that there is a new king, that there's a new way to go about life, a better way. And we are all heralds of the message of that king. And that means we are all playing a part in what God is going to do in the future through his church. So, church, this is what I want you to walk away with. I always got one thing for you, at least. Jesus has sent me to make a difference for him today. That's that's all for us. Jesus has sent me to make a difference for him today. Let's do a little crowd participation. Church, I want you to repeat after me, okay? Okay. Okay, thank you. For some of the, They're in the front row. They're paying attention. I don't know about the back. That's the party place, right? Okay. Jesus has sent me to make a difference for him today. Not just today, but every day. So I've got some real practical takeaways for you, okay? Five things. The first thing is this. If you want to make a difference in your world, in your life, and make sure that people know Jesus in your community, in your workplace, in your home, in your friend circles, in your family, this is the, this is the path. The first thing is to see that you're sent. Church, see that you're sent. You are sent on a mission by our King. You're sent. And even, even it starts right now. When you're walking, a lot, walking around and you're going to go over there and we're going to have a great great awesome party. See that you're sent. The people that you you see that you don't know, say hi to them. Get out of your comfort zones. Even you introverts, y'all. Yeah, y'all chuckled under your breath, or you cursed me under your breath. It's fine. (laughs) And the second thing, this is so important and so easy. Practice hospitality. Practice hospitality. How often are we having people in our homes? How often are we sharing meals together? See, life change. When we, when we start to get to know someone, it happens over a meal. When you welcome someone into your home, it, it opens the door for you to have a relationship that wouldn't have otherwise been. So practice hospitality. Invite people into your home. And the third thing is to spend time. Just spend some time with people maybe who don't know Jesus. You can just spend some time with them. And while you're spending time Share your life. I love in, in, in Scripture, Paul tells them that, hey, we didn't just come when he planted this church. He didn't, he didn't just come to share the message of Jesus with you. But he said he came to not only share that message, but also share our very lives. And if we're going to see that we're sin, if we're going to make a difference in someone's life, then we need to spend time and share our life with them. To be vulnerable, to share our ups and our downs. Not just our social media highlight feeds that have a filter and a bunch of Photoshop effects so that we can make, make sure that everyone knows that we're awesome and happy even though we may not be. And the fifth thing is to share your gospel story. If someone asked you why you follow Jesus, would you be able to answer it? I know a lot of you would because a lot of you have done that. Share your gospel story. What is your story? Who, who was instrumental? Why did you start following Jesus? Do you know how to answer that? Why have you followed Jesus? And invite them to respond to Jesus. So again, church, what will people say 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now? See, I didn't want this service to just be in a moment where we clap and we say, hey, good job, all you people who have done it for the last 100 years. Many of us are sitting here. Yay, we're, we're so excited. That is something important, and we should celebrate it. But we all have a part to play in the story he's still writing because he's not done. The chapter's not done. It's not to the epilogue yet. He's not said, hey, our story's finished. Let's go off and do something else. He said, I'm, I'm here to build my church right now in 2021. In the midst of all the stuff, all the, all the challenges that we've dealt with, he's still building his church. And look around, y'all. It's a testament to the fact that that's still the case. So will we glorify God? Do you want to honor those who come before you? Do you want to obey Jesus today? The path forward is to see that you're sent. No matter what your norm has been before, see that you're sent right now. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, has said, hey, you'll do. That'll do. He's looked at you and said, that'll do. And that's good news. Because some of us, we don't see ourselves as God sees us. We see ourselves as someone else called us We see ourselves and we limit ourselves before we even try to say yes to Jesus. So let me just invite you to see that you're sent, friends. You're sent by Jesus on a mission. And I just got a simple prayer for us to pray today and into the future. And it's really simple. It goes like this. Lord, you have sent me to make a difference for you today. Declaring that. Yes, you have. Because I know it's in your word. I don't have to ask you, hey, God, have you sent me today? No, you know. It's there. Lord, you have sent me to make a difference for you today. Give me the awareness to see what, what that means today and give me the courage to obey you. Imagine if your day was started that way, y'all. Imagine if every day you just started. Hey, God, I know that you've sent me today. Please give me the courage to obey you. Give me the courage to take the step to make a difference in someone's life. I think our days would be different. I think we would be able to have the joy of, of Jesus in us, because we are living out the purpose that he's called us to live out, that he's designed you specifically to make a difference in the people around you. It's no mistake that you're here today. It's no mistake. It's no mistake that you live the place that you live. Whether you have neighbors right next to you or miles away, God has sent you to be in the place you are in right now to make a difference for him. Not someday when, not when you figure out enough Bible verses and you think you got enough grasp on theology or you even understand what theology, that word, means. But right now, where you are, see that you're sent. Church, let's stand. We're going to pray, and we are going to sing out to our awesome, awesome God. And then we're going to party. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for loving us and giving us grace and mercy to see that you are still moving. That what all the things, the people who sacrificed to get us to this point, the people who said yes in July of 1921, said, yes, I'll be part of this new church. I'll be part of this church who's going to lift up the name of Jesus above everything else. They said yes, and we thank you, God, for, for working in them through your spirit to say yes. Then, And we thank you for all the people over the course of the hundred years of this church's existence who have said yes to you. But God, please help us to see that you are calling us to that same opportunity to say yes to you right now, to make a difference, to share our lives, to share our stories, to have people in our homes, and to every day see that we're sent in the workplace At home, at school, when we're out and about, right now, as we go and have some fun. God, help us to see that we're sent by you. We love you. We praise you. You are so good. Thank you for this weather. Thank you for this gathering that we get to come together and celebrate what you're doing and anticipate what you're going to do. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your name. And church, if you agree, you said, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.